In your Bibles, if you turn with me to 2 Timothy, the book of 2 Timothy, we're going to pick up today there and want to draw your attention to that book. You know, we completed 1 Timothy, and I wasn't sure if I was going to continue to continue on to the 2 Timothy or go to the Old Testament. I just wasn't sure. And just a couple of days ago, I felt the need to continue on with this book here. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your love, and we pray today that you will bless us and lead us and guide us. Pray that, God, as we have worshipped in song, and that you, O Lord, now allow us to hear the word of God. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, One of the things that we were able to get, we got a couple of dollies for the chair. So when you get up today, just leave your chairs there. Got the dollies. I should have opened the, the box when I got it, but it was a prayer meeting on Tuesday. I just stuck the big old box in my car, and lo and behold, I opened the, day, opened the box today where there were a few things missing. <clears throat> Didn't have a little carter pin that goes into the wheel to keep it from moving. It needed a washer. The wheels were flat. So thank God for Goodman's around the corner, dashed over there. Got the item that we need and got a little pump. And lo and behold, they are willing to cheers back and forth. Amen. Next, let me know next time. Check the box first. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Second Timothy 1, 1 through 5. And then I'm going to read a passage in Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 1 through 5. This is how it reads. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, With a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Turn back to the book of Acts. If you go back. In the New Testament, you'll come to Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Turn to chapter 16. I'm going to read the first five verses. Maria, it is so good to see you. Maria, I live right next to um, three, one, two, three, four doors down, houses down. Maria is, uh, from, uh, Maria is a musician. Um, he's been our neighbor. Craig. <laughs> Yeah, we, when I see him, we're walking. We always say hi to each other. Amen. Acts 16, 1 through 5. It says, Paul also came to Derbe and Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. That would be Eunice, as we just read in Timothy. But his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him and He took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. 
So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. May God bless the reading of his word. I read this last year when I was doing a study in 1 Timothy. I wanted to give the history in some context in regards to Timothy. And so just so that we could make the connection of how Paul came to begin working with Timothy. Let me just briefly just say a little bit about this that I hadn't really planned to say before, but I just want to just give a little context and history. When Paul got saved, he and Barnabas went on a journey to preach the gospel to cities. The Lord had said, I want you to set aside Barnabas, or Paul and Barnabas, to me. And the leaders in a place called Antioch in Syria, they laid hands on them and they sent them out. So Paul and Barnabas had gone to various places And when they were out there, they ran into a problem that they brought back to the leaders, the apostles and the leaders in Jerusalem. And one of the issues was that since some of the Gentiles were coming to the Lord, some of those that were outside the Jewish faith, an issue arose regarding circumcision and certain of the laws that the Jewish Jewish people obeyed. And it caused such a division that Paul and Barnabas took this matter to the disciples. Paul was saying that it only is the fact that one has to accept Christ and not try to observe all of the laws. It is Christ who says it's the Lord himself that one has to believe in, not circumcision. Well, once they got their answer in the book of Acts chapter 15, you could read that, Paul and Barnabas and some of the leaders from Jerusalem went back to Antioch to give the good news. Well, while they were there, Paul says to Barnabas, Well, we've been back from our journey. Why don't we take again up this call and let's go and visit some of the churches that we set up and let's visit them. Now, what you need to note that on the first missionary journey, Barnabas took one of his relatives named John Mark. Mark wrote one of the Gospels, but Mark was young. And while they were on their first missionary journey, Mark abandoned them, probably had run it, saw some of the problems and he abandoned them in the ministry. I think it was in Pamphylia. I'm not sure, but I believe it was Pamphylia. And so when he did that, Paul was not happy. So when Paul says, hey, Barnabas, let's go back and check on the churches. Barnabas, who was a relative of Mark, says, hey, let's take John Mark. Paul says, I don't think so. No. He left us the first on the first trip. He ain't going. Barnabas says, he is going. Paul says, he ain't going. Barnabas says, yes, he is. Well, he want him to go. You take him and go on by yourself. I ain't going with you. This is my, my vernacular. I'm just, they, y'all get the drift. And Barnabas says, fine. So Barnabas took John, Mark, and Paul and Barnabas split company. Two powerful ministers in the word of God. And then Paul took a person by the name of Silas, who was one of the leaders there and workers in Jerusalem, And they set off for the journey. And then they came to a place that we read in in the book of Acts 16, where they came to a place called uh, Lystra and Derby, even though they're two different places. And this is where they meet Timothy. And they meet Timothy because some of the leaders said, man, Paul, we, 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 we love your ministry, but there's a young man here named Timothy that you need to take a very close look at. And Timothy began to accompany Paul on his missionary journeys, and it was the second missionary journey that Paul took Timothy on. All right? That's how they were connected. If you remember then, Paul, when he gets to 
the book of Timothy, what we call the pastoral letters, First and Second Timothy and Titus, are the letters that Paul wrote to these young ministers. Now, First Timothy that we went through, we've completed. Second Timothy is different. Paul was in prison, but somewhere between First and Second Timothy, Paul had been released from prison. But now when he's writing 2 Timothy, we don't know the circumstances. He has been arrested again and he is back in Rome. And remember, he was hoping to be able to visit Timothy. But in this 2 Timothy letter, Paul realizes that he is not going to get out of prison and he's going to be executed. The second letter to Timothy, even though it does not appear last in the arrangements of letters that Paul wrote in the New Testament, even though it does not appear last, Second Timothy is the very last letter that Paul ever wrote. So although it does not appear last in the letters, when you go through them, it is the last letter that Paul wrote. This letter was written, as believed, during Paul's fourth missionary journey. As he would go out and come back to Antioch, he would go back out, check on churches. It is now during this fourth missionary journey that he writes this letter. It is believed anywhere between 64 and 68 A.D. is when this letter was written. This letter was written during Paul's, as I said, second imprisonment. Again, he did, it's not known why he was arrested. Now, Paul wants Timothy to come to see him before he dies. Paul knows that he's not going to be released. Timothy is still in Ephesus. In writing 2 Timothy, Paul wants Timothy to bring some things that we'll get through, get to as we go through this study over time. He wants him to bring him to bring some of his reading materials. He wants him to bring his cloak. He wants him to bring his parchments, his Old Testament scriptures. One of the main messages of 2 Timothy is for Timothy to preach sound doctrine. He wants him to preach the word of God. Even though Paul does address some of the same issues that were in the first in the first epistle of Timothy, he only touches on them lightly. And even though there's still a problem, he does not dwell on them in Second Timothy. As Paul mentions that he is an apostle, he says this as he opens this one. But this time, as he mentions it in Second Timothy, it's a little different than he does in First Timothy one one, where Paul basically sets his credentials that I have authority to set some things in place and you need to run those false teachers out of town. Tell them to stop preaching. Here, while he says he is an apostle, it is more affectionate and it it is in his role that he is saying, I have been authorized to preach the word of God. And Timothy, I want you to continue that message. Point number one that I want to make today is encouraging opening words. Encouraging Opening words. At this time in Paul's life, he knows he is nearing the end of his life and desires Timothy to come. He already knows that he'll get to that later. Paul is making preparations to send, it seems like, Tychicus, who he's going to send to Ephesus, and then he wants um, Timothy to come to him with the items that he has sent. Now, can you imagine that there was no one like Timothy that Paul had? And so you can imagine that as he knows he's going to die, doesn't know when, he wants to see his spiritual son in the faith. 
You know, words of encouragement can be very, very vital to a sad soul. Have you ever been very sad and someone was able to speak to you some encouraging words? Some words that were said just at the right time. And you were even possibly saying, you know, how did you know I needed that? They said, well, I didn't know, but it's just something that was laid on my heart. And so they, sometimes there can be words that are given at times that can really help lift a person up. It was Paul who encouraged Timothy in his first book and uses his authority to command that he put certain false prophets and teachers out of business, as I've mentioned to you. It is Paul who wants Timothy, at the close of what's called the apostolic age, where the disciples are coming to a close. Remember, the disciples set the foundation of the, the word of God. They set the foundation upon which the plan of salvation would be extended to the world. And as that period is coming to an end, Paul wants Timothy to know that you've got to continue to carry the torch. There are times when we miss our history, and there are sometimes there are things that we miss out. Sometimes family have traditions they pass down. They have certain recipes they pass down. And they say, you know, keep this close to your heart. Don't share it with just anybody. This is a family secret. I, I received a few family secrets that I can't give away. <laughs> and so even though some have asked for it, I have... Not giving it to him, them. I haven't said no. No, I haven't said no like that. I said, well, <laughs> kind of joke and play and hope that the, <laughs> hope that we kind of just drop the subject. <laughs> Paul, as an apostle of Jesus Christ, this title alone carries admiration and respect. And so words that proceed from his mouth would be words that could be valued and would be valued because of the reputation of the person who spoke them. Do you not know there are times when a person who has a reputation, a very positive one, that you would be more willing to listen to that person than another person? So sometimes you make a decision on who you're going to listen to. And the reason why you listen to some individuals is because there's something that precedes them. And you feel that you can trust what they have to say. Paul is one of the greatest figures in all of history from the foundations of this world. One of the ones who wrote a good portion of the New Testament. Can you imagine a man who hated God, hated the church, was destroying the family, was messing everything up. People were running. You hear the name Saul and you knew you had to get out of town. Because Paul was coming to get you. And then while he was on his way to get some individuals, the Bible says that there was a light that shined from heaven when he was on the road to Damascus. He was going to cause chaos. Have you ever been stopped in your track sometimes? You were on your way to do no good. I've been there. Stop in your tracks. And this is what the Lord did to Saul. He stopped him. And changed the course of his life where he became one of the greatest individuals who ever lived and stayed true to the word of God to the very end. So he gives some, some very encouraging words to his spiritual son, Timothy. 
His words, his counsel, his dedication, his patience, his persistence, his unwillingness to compromise truth gave him a unique role in the plan that God had laid out for him. The words that he spoke when he was fighting against the church, words that caused fear and great panic, words that caused people to run and flee for, for their very lives, his name alone, as I said, would, in, would, would have you fear. You know, if, you were the, if there was ever somebody that you were afraid of, just the mention of that person's name sometimes would call you to start kind of trembling. There were some people that they said, and they said that, I'm going to get you. You're looking for the quickest exit, the, quickest, the quickest exit. How can I get out of here? Now, when I was, I, 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 I can't keep telling you all my secrets, but I told you when I was growing up, I used to be a fighter uh, at times, but I, I knew who not to fight, too. <laughs> but, but, you know, there was, and I, even though I was really small, I could take care of myself. <laughs> Then I got then I got into martial arts and I was then looking for trouble. <laughs> That's when I was young. That's when I was young. I, I, one day I was out walking. I I tried to act like I was young. I thought I was young, and and tried to do some kicks. I was fine until I got home <laughs> and tried to get up. <laughs> it was a whole different story. What I used to do without a problem, I couldn't do in the same way. Me and Ben Gay and whatever else became some really good friends. <laughs> but there were things that, 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 that people could say to you that would frighten you, and Paul was one, but yet his life was changed. And then he began to mentor Timothy. And so Timothy would value the words of Paul because he had been trained, he had been mentored, he began to grow and became one that Paul could leave somewhere and know that people would be in good hands. But Timothy had to be encouraged. Paul was Timothy's spiritual father. Because evidently, in history, there's no indication that Timothy's biological father ever got saved. And let me also throw this out to you before I go to the next point and close. And that is this. When the Bible says that Paul had Timothy circumcised, you have to then imagine that with his mother being a believer and his grandmother and being Jewish, that that would be one of the things that they would do. The eighth day, I believe it was, they would circumcise. And so evidently his father must have prevented it. His father must not have allowed him to be, and you must consider that there must have been some conflict between the mother and father, but she let it go because Paul was the one when he became a young man and wanted to take him, he had him circumcised. So that it would not be a conflict in the, in the matter of ministry because that was just the way the culture was. Even though the letter from the Jerusalem church, that council said that those that are Greeks do not have to be circumcised, he had Timothy is circumcised because they would be carrying that message to the various churches. So evidently there was something between maybe his father, but Paul became the spiritual father of Timothy. Paul groomed this young man and wants the investment to produce a solid return. Point number two, I'm just going to be able to hit this and then not complete it today. Point number two is you are 
from good stock. You are from good stock. That would be Second Timothy 1, 4, and 5. The first point was Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 3. Paul notes that Timothy comes from good stock. This is the only place in Scripture that it appears that Timothy's mother and grandmother are mentioned by name. His grandmother, Lois, his mother, Eunice. His mother is mentioned in the book of Acts, but not by name. It just says that his mother, who was a Jewish believer, his father, who was Greek. But here, Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, you come from good stock. You have been trained well. Your parents taught you and your grandmother taught you the importance of living for the Lord. And now you have grown up and you have continued the faith. Now, Timothy, I want you to walk in the faith. It's interesting that Lois, the grandmother, would have taught the mother Eunice. Then Eunice would have passed it down to her son Timothy. There's a passage in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were going to be going to the promised land where the Lord says, tell the children, how I brought you through and out on eagles' wings. I brought you out of Egypt. And when history is often lost, you can forget the benefits and where you've come from. There are times when good tradition that should be passed down is not. Example in point. I, I just think, and again, it's thank God for people that come into the body but it's good if children can be taught how to come to church or be brought. I said this before. While there were many young people that would come to church here when I was a kid, many of them that didn't go to church, then they stopped going, then their kids didn't go, then their grandkids didn't go, and their great-great-grands didn't go. And before you know it, there's a generation of kids not going to church and know nothing about the Lord. Timothy was not one in this caliber. He was one to where he had been taught well. And Paul is pulling on this investment. Paul's words to Timothy would be encouraging. Because Timothy, I know your grandmother Lois. I know what kind of people they are, your grandmother and your mom Eunice. And Timothy, the faith that they had, I know resides in you. And that's what I am pulling from. You know when there's something in there, you're looking for something inside of a person that you can draw upon, you can draw from to encourage them. Sometimes people are told, you ain't, you ain't no good and you ain't going to never be no good. Yeah. Well, how that's going to build the self-esteem of the person if they need to hear a good word and they're always hearing it. Now, sometimes, you know, you got to be a little tough with some people, some individuals, but there's sometimes you got to give them some good news. You know that you shouldn't do it, and they still, I still love you, but don't do that. No, don't do that again. You may have to say it again. You know what, man? I just want you to know that you are okay with me. There's a passage in the Bible that says that we reap what we sow. It may not be this year. It may not be next year. It may be way down the road. But I tell you this, your mind going to go, it's going to rerun. I remember way back then, when I was doing this, I was told. My parents would say, just keep on living. Keep, keep, keep on living. Or wait till you have kids. <laughs> Ain't no karma the Lord's word. <laughs> wait. And then there would be some parents who would pray, Lord, may them, them children of theirs, may, may they run them wild. 
Some would say that. But save them. You know, let me, let me say this as I close this. <laughs> let me say this. My grandparents, my great-grandparents, would sometimes say, Lord, I don't care how you bring them. Whether they are on the hospital bed, just save their soul. They wanted their kids saved. <laughs> they would say, I don't care what it takes. Bring them, but save them. There are some people who just do not learn from the experiences. God sometimes does things to put a break on us. He sometimes says, hold it, and then we run past the stop sign. And there are times when we just have to stop. And so when we look at God's grace, his mercy, and his peace, as Paul even mentions here, it's a good thing when we have God's grace that would help us and helps us at times when we would run through the stop sign and then puts barriers there to keep us from going on into self-destruction. And we can pause and say, you know what, that's the very thing I needed. My friend Jeannie yesterday was telling me, he was just saying, even though he had gone to prison, he said, you know, at the time I didn't like what happened, told the judge some things he was selling, but he said, you know, Marcus, that's the very thing I needed because right now I'm a different person. And so he said that that experience helped him for where he is right now. And I'm grateful that God can use experiences to help us. And so if Paul is telling Timothy, you got a good heritage. Use it. And I want you to know, Timothy, I'm leaving, but you got to carry on the torch. Don't let it die out. So you come to me because I want to see you. Today as we end, I want to encourage you with these words. Make sure that you let goodness come through your life and not that which causes chaos and havoc. Take the positive, the good words that, that the Lord delivers and gives, the words that God gives to Timothy, that Paul gives to Timothy. Grace, mercy, and peace to you, Timothy. Carry on and make sure that you do what's right. Carry on the word. Preach the word. Tell people what they want to hear. And then put a stop to that which should not be happening. Because, Timothy, I know where you come from. And I'm relying upon that investment in you. I left you in Ephesus because I knew that you were the person for the job. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful to you for your goodness. And we pray today that as we reflect this time upon Second Timothy, as Paul is going to be, Lord, killed by Nero. He's going to lose his life. He knows he's going to be dying. But yet, he remained faithful to the end. We're thankful to you that God sometimes, even in the midst of trials and difficulties, we can still be an encourager. When we're going through things, help us to remember it really could be worse. And to be appreciative, Lord. Oh, my God. Help us to remember that, God, we have a wonderful Savior who has blessed us abundantly with wonderful things. And may we, Lord, take advantage of it and pursue that which is good. And when we get off track, may we, Lord, be sure to get back on the track that you have called us to be on. We love you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you. May God bless you.